podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're thankful for the reasons it's the best part of the fall. The crossover of seasons, football and basketball. So grab yourself a pumpkin brew or beverage of your choice. All the best smelling wildcats are here with Bosco's voice. Oh, don't you know we're on a podcast with Bosco's voice because I love Thank you. Thank you very much for giving. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time to get a little bit of basketball action into the podcast. Uh, So for the next uh, few weeks, at least through November, um, we're going to see what happens with December. I'm not sure. um, I'm not sure if we're going to go five uh, a day all the way through December. We're going to keep it going, but there's plenty of football and basketball to talk about, so we're currently suspending the live show at least through November. We might come back with a December one, Uh, so Thursdays are going to be basketball talk time. Um, I'll also use this time um, if anything great's going on with volleyball or uh, women's basketball as well. As I'm recording this, we're... uh, about an hour out from K-State playing Texas in volleyball. Um, I don't have high hopes for that, but <laughs> uh, but but if they pull off that upset, uh, that gets you back in NCAA conversation. And, and dare I say, that could be the biggest regular season win in K-State volleyball history if it happens. I don't know. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it. It's been a lot of fun to follow this volleyball team, and it's been a lot of fun following the uh, women's basketball team as well, wasn't able to watch their first game of the season. I was out in Las Vegas. Uh, I did see LSU, the number one women's team in the nation, go down to future Big 12 member Colorado. Uh, So that was, honestly, that was a ton of fun um, seeing that upset. And and women's college basketball is going to the moon, folks. And, And this is going to be a really fun season to, to start watching if, if you haven't been. So I, I challenge you guys to uh, try to make time if you're home. Uh, I, again, I'm not telling you to cancel your plans. I'm not saying, hey, you're a bad person if you don't. But if you're home, you know, keep up with the, uh, the, the women's team. They're on ESPN Plus the entire season long, um, just like a lot of the men's games are going to be. Uh, so, so, you know, make an effort. Try to watch them if, if you get the chance. Uh, I think their next game is going to be on Saturday. Uh, they're actually, I don't know if it's at Little Rock or, um, I don't know where this, yeah, it's it's the Jack Stevens Center. Yeah, they're at Little Rock on Saturday, 1 p.m., so obviously that's going to conflict with the football game. Uh, but box uh, score watch a little bit. 
Uh, and I'm sure Brian Smoller will have some updates for us inside the stadium as well. Uh, they had a nice game. Gabby Gregory uh, had a little bit slow start to her for, uh, to the first game of the season, but boy, it's great to see Aoka Lee back out there. Uh, she had 14 points, seven rebounds, two assists, five blocks. Again, big game from her. Big game from Kansas native Ziana Walker, number one, uh, second leading scorer coming off the bench with 13 points in just 12 minutes. So keep an eye out on the women's team. And look, you might as well look good when you're cheering on the women as well. Double trouble. The Gabby Gregory and Aoka Lee NIL shirt is live. Go check it out as well as the King Arthur Kaluma and the Mr. Big Shot Tyler Perry shirt as well. Get them while you can. Get a couple. Gift them. I sent out a couple gifts myself. Sent out uh, you know, one of each of those NIL shirts. Uh, because look, I, I think they're great looking and I think it's awesome to support these guys and girls, especially when they're partnering with our friends, Charlie Hustle. All right. Uh, before I talk about what I saw out in Las Vegas, what I'll be looking for on Friday and Monday, because K-State's going to be playing a, a little salty, little minx in South Dakota as, as well as Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Ema Elvis sent me a DM telling me how to pronounce it. I'm the worst. I'm I'm the worst at pronouncing things, guys. It's not great. And it's not great. Uh, but Jerome Tang had his National Signing Day uh, press conference to talk about David Castillo. Uh, the he was rated as a five star, and and let's just get into it. Uh, he he went in depth about the pedigree. And uh, how prolific David Castillo was before his injury. So he fell from being a top 20 player. So a five-star at ESPN and right on the borderline at Rivals 247 and on three to being a consensus four-star now. Uh, he got an, he sustained an injury, I think, either at the end of his uh, junior season down in Oklahoma or right as the grassroots season was starting up. Missed the entire summer. And something that Jerome Tang pointed out, uh, which I thought was awesome, he was on the U-17 team. He was on the U-16 team for Team USA, and they won gold medal at the Summer Nationals. Uh, The two years he was on that team. And Team USA this past year without him didn't even medal. So a lot of praise for David being a winner. Uh, And talking about how, hey, look, he's back from his injury. He's going to have a massive senior season. We'll see. He might pop back up into that five-star territory if he has a big season because he actually transferred to Sunrise Christian down in Wichita. Um, And that's going to make it easy for the coaches to get over and see him. I'm sure you're going to see a ton of David Castillo in Manhattan at basketball games being a short drive up. Uh, I don't know what roads you take from Wichita to get to Manhattan, but driving north to Manhattan to see the guys playing. So I'm sure you're going to see him out and about at K-State Games in Manhattan. Uh, And I think that's going to be exciting. And look, I I think everybody is disappointed with Patrick Ngangba uh, not committing to K-State, deciding to go to Duke. Uh, It sucks. I'm not happy about it. Uh, But it is what it is. And Coach Tank did confirm that uh, they're not going to go after any more high school guys. So Castillo's going to be the only high school guy. And they're going to fill rest of the roster openings in the transfer portal next summer. Now, I'll say this. I wouldn't rule out a 2025 guy 
reclassifying and joining David Castillo. If one of those guys they like and zero in on, because uh, that's been their MO. They only really went after two, three guys, uh, and then they were finalists for two of them, got Castillo, missed out on Ngangba. Um, but if one of those guys that they really like uh, has the coursework and sets themselves up uh, to be available to reclassify, I would not rule that out. I would not be surprised if that happens. Um, it'll be something to keep an eye on. But Jerome Tang and his staff, uh, they have a pedigree. You know, they signed Taj Manning and Doreen Finister, uh, their first class. I'd be shocked if they're bringing in um, really any high school guys who are not top 150 type guys moving forward, uh, four stars or better. I think that's the pedigree they want. I think that's what the fi- the waters they're going to fish in. And look, when you're doing that, when you're being as selective as Coach Tang is, yeah, you could end up with a re- recruiting class with only one guy. Um, we saw how selective he was in the transfer portal earlier in the summer. Led you with two guys that you had to backfill. Um, and it is what it is. Uh, I I have my thoughts on it. I'm behind a microphone and not a coach uh, for a reason. I think especially in the transfer portal, I think you need to readjust a couple things uh, so you're not scrambling uh, to fill your roster late. Uh, I think K-State is honestly fortunate to get McNair and Glover um, as late as they did. And even those guys, I mean, I, I, I we'll, we'll get into both of them later, but I think you probably could have had higher caliber guys uh, if you widened the net a little bit earlier in the transfer portal. We'll see what happens in the summer. They're going to have a ton of spots to work with. I think anywhere from four to six possible spots opening in the transfer portal uh, this upcoming season. So Tang and staff will be busy uh, this summer without a doubt. Now, Jeff Goodman broke this news on Monday, but Coach Tang in his press conference also confirmed that Quez Glover is going to be out for six to eight weeks, re-aggravated a knee injury, and uh, that's a big, that's a massive, massive, massive blow to K-State, losing him really for the entire non-conference season. It's going to put a ton of pressure on the young guys and uh, the, the true freshmen, and I guess Dorian Finister as well. I'm hoping Day-Day Ames or RJ take the bull by the horns and really rise to the occasion. Um, because a ton of minutes are going to be available. I mean, we're looking at, oh man, um, probably 25 to 28 minutes opened up for the entire non-con every single game that are now going to be open for RJ, uh, Day-Day, and Dorian Finister. So uh, we're going to see which of those three guys can take the bull by the horns, which of those guys can step up, because you're going to need one of them to step up. Now, I think USC is going to be the best team K-State faces this non-con. But there are a ton of games that are going to be spicy, that are going to be dangerous. Um, You only had a few of those last year, uh, and you're able to pump up that 12-1 run um, in the non-con. Obviously, you already sustained that first loss. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a bit, but... Again, even South Dakota is better than most of the teams he played last year. 
Villanova is going to be a tough game. Uh, both games down in the Bahamas at the Baja Mar, that's going to be tough. Uh, you got Wichita State and Kansas City. Uh, Nebraska, you know, again, you have a Power 5 team, uh, you know, being, I think, right in the middle of the bell curve, maybe even on the uh, left side of the bell curve or right side, I don't know, slightly on the less than average side of the bell curve of teams you're playing this non-con. So, you know, there were struggles last year. And when you're putting in a new offense, when you have a lot of new guys trying to learn the defensive, uh, you know, concepts, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. Um, and, and I'm a little nervous for that because here's the thing. I, I, I think that this team, uh, especially by February, I think this team can be dangerous. I think there are opportunities, especially since it seems like the vibes around the Naquan Tomlin situation are he will be back at some point this season. And if you can use this run of time to get especially RJ and Day-Day up to speed, if you can get the team on board with the new offensive concepts, if you can figure out how to play defense and avoid any real bad losses and, and quite frankly, avoid uh, losses altogether, that's going to be massive and it's going to set this team up for when they could make some noise in Kansas City. They could make some noise in the NCAA tournament. Um, my worry is, my worry is, and, and I don't think this is a massive overreaction to uh, the, the game in Las Vegas. My worry is that you're going to, going to dig yourself a little bit of a hole in the non-conference. Now, you don't have like three or four teams that are top 25 Ken Palm um that you should be an underdog verse. Uh, I, I think we're going to be, you know, close to even at home with Villanova. Again, going on the road uh, with LSU, that should be a game you feel comfortable with. Nebraska in the Octagon, Wichita State in Kansas City. Again, a lot of these games are games you should feel comfortable winning. You know, the South Dakota game and some of these buy games, instead of them being in the 300s, they're in the 100s and the 200s. Again, teams you should beat. But last year when you were having the growing pains and last year when, you know, things weren't going great and they were learning on the fly, you're playing teams that are Ken Palm ranked in the 300s. You're playing some of the worst of the worst. So even on a bad night, you can still win by 15 to 20 points. That's not going to be the case this year, and that's where I get a little bit of the anxiety. Um, I I think things are going to be fine. I don't think they're going to dig themselves in a hole, um, but it is a worry about, or a worry. And Jerome Tank could not have um, predicted we're going to have this Naquan Tomlin issue that they're trying to work through. He could not have predicted that uh, Quez Glover, a guy who he was going to depend on uh, for 20 plus minutes a night, was going to have an injury that was going to keep him out the entire non-conference. So he doesn't have a crystal ball. He couldn't see this coming uh, when he was building out the schedule. But selfishly, and quite frankly, I'm a chicken. I'm a coward. Um, I wish he would have held off 
uh, having this uh, level of non-con. And I know he even wanted it uh, to be... I, I, I know that he wanted even more marquee games. Um, I'm not going to get into the exact stuff, but you know, I, I heard rumors of, of a massive home-and-home home that was turned down because the, uh, the, the school that we wanted to play, they said, no, nah, we're not going to come to Bramlage. You know, if you want to come to our house and us come to Kansas City, we'll do that. But we're not coming to Bramlage. Uh, so so there's a scaredy cat blue blood program out there uh, that doesn't want the Bramlage juice. Uh, but he wanted to make it even tougher. You know, they, they were working on trying to find another um, Power 5 game and it just didn't work out. So, uh, look, I, I wish he would have held off a year. Uh, but you got to play the schedule. And I, I, I think Friday is going to be a lot better. I think tomorrow is going to be a lot better. Um, before I go back and, and revisit the USC game a little bit, again, we're also sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. I'm going to stop in for a couple pints before I head to Bramlage Coliseum on Friday. I'm probably going to get a four-pack of Tang Party to bring back home with me as well. And you guys know I'm going to have a couple crowlers to bring to the tailgate so I can be the most popular guy on the asphalt ocean that is tailgating at Bill Steiner Family Stadium. It's the best brewery in the state of Kansas. They have the best beers in the state of Kansas. Tang parties being distributed all over the place, as well as Wabash Ale, their beer collaborating with Wildcat NIL coming soon. So be in the ear of your local liquor store if they don't already have it. Make sure you are getting four packs delivered to your local liquor store and always stop by whenever you're in the happiest place in the world, Manhattan, Kansas. All right, so that USC game, it, it wasn't pretty. Um, and I do think that was a product of being shorthanded and then going up against a team that has been in the Andy Enfield uh, system uh, for a while. They have guys who were on the team last year. Um, they were a tournament team last year. Again, they weren't scrubs last year by any means. And then they bring in uh, the number three recruiting class in the nation. And this isn't to throw shade at our three guys. Because, again, I think all three of Day-Day Ames, RJ Jones, uh, and Buddy Rich, I think all three of them are going to have big-time careers at K-State. I think at least two of them will be all Big 12 type of players. Uh, don't ask me which two. I have no idea. But I think two of them will. Um, but they're not ready-made products. They're not uh, future NBA draft picks like uh, USC was rolling out there. And that's okay. Well, time out. They might be future NBA guys, but they're not, uh, you know, summer of 2024 NBA draft pick guys. They're, they're you know, none of our guys or none of our freshmen are going to be uh, lottery picks, what, uh, 10 months from now, whatever it is. Not 10, like six months. Whatever. I don't know when the NBA draft is. But that's the, the caliber you're going against. You're going to see a ton of that in the Big 12, by the way. That's why you have to ramp up. You're going to have to get ready for the gauntlet that is the Big 12 uh, in the non-conference. Um, so, yeah, you, you're, you're playing against a stacked deck with a short stack of chips. Um, but it is what it is. You, you have to play the schedule. You have to play with everything in front of you. Um I, I'm concerned about the three-point shooting, but the good thing is there are a lot of open looks. I can't recall a ton of those three-point shots, none, not many of which went down, um, that were contested, that were bad shots, that aren't shots uh, that Tang would want in this new system. 
So I think that's encouraging. Tyler Perry uh, has had a rough start, you know, in the exhibition games, uh, you know, versus SMU and versus Emporia State, kind of rough over in the Middle East. Uh, but he was one of America's best shooters last year. I think he will figure it out. Uh, Arthur Kaluma started hot, but then went ice cold the remainder of the game. These two guys are learning what it's going to take to be options one and options two on a power five program. Tyler Perry started off in JUCO. He played two years at North Texas, which is a good ball club, but it's not Big 12 ball. It's not, you know, high-level college basketball. It's fine. They were one of the best, uh, you know, low-major teams. They are in a one-bid league, uh, but it's not the Big 12. It's not playing USC on opening night. Arthur Kaluma was a starter on a very good Creighton team, but, you know, he was the third, fourth, fifth option on that team. So they're learning to have to step up into this. This is why not having Naquan Tomlin really hurts. Because, hey, Quan was the number three option last year on an Elite Eight team. You know, he probably would have been the number one option out in Las Vegas. Not having him hurt bad. Having to play so many minutes with Dorian Finister, with RJ, with Day-Day. That hurt. Not having Quez Glover, who has played major college basketball before. He's played a lot of college basketball. What, those three guards combined played like 30 total minutes? So it was rough at times. But they never gave up. They gave a lot of effort. Hell, they had more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. There were some good things to take away from that game. Um, Gasson and McNair were very good at t- from two right at the rim. Um, none of the guards were good. I mean, when, when Tyler Perry ended up with a lot of points. Uh, he's a volume shooter. Um, he ended up hitting a few threes. Uh, hit some free throws, uh, but he was over inside the three-point line uh, on twos. Kaluma was not good at all, really on offense. Cam was streaky, and he was in foul trouble a lot. So, again, tough game. Um, and, and Friday, I'm really hoping to see us dominate from uh, tip to buzzer. I, I want to see us really dominate a Division One school, new new to Division One. I. I think this is Bellarmine, uh, their their uh, second year as a Division One school. Uh, I want to see I want to see us dominate. I and, and here's the here's the thing. I, w- I want to give Will McNair um, some praise uh, because he looked better, uh, you know, in, in that game than I anticipated. And Jerome Tank said, "Hey, no, I expected him to be a lot better. He needs to be a lot better." And talked about how he is being giving him tough love and trying to build him up to try to be the player and leader uh, that they believe he can be. Um, so having another big night from him, especially versus some of these uh, inferior schools, that would be big. David Gasson, I felt like, had a really good night in Las Vegas. I would say he probably was the best player. Um, at times they d- struggled to defend inside. Um, the guards got beat off the dribble quite a bit. Um and Jarrell Colbert, uh, having him in there to be a rim protector is pretty nice. And I will say when McNair and Colbert were in there, it was four out, one in. So they weren't forcing those guys to be on the outside. I didn't think that would be the case, but it was good to see that out there as well. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens 
uh, in the minutes distribution. I'm hoping it's a big uh, night. I'm hoping they get to empty the bench. I'm hoping that uh, it's a blowout. But I, I want to see you know the guys you depend on, the guys you think are going to be stars to have a big game, especially from shooting those uncontested threes. I get it. You're not going to be shooting 50%. But, you know, a, a nice 35 40%, you know, versus inferior team, again, that's a lot to ask. Uh, that, is a, that is a lot to ask. So I'm probably even setting the goal a little loftier than I should. Uh, but I, I just want to see us hit some open shots. I want to see us uh, take care of business. And I want to feel good about our shooters coming out of that game. Because that's really where my worry was. Um if, if we hit at the level that I was hoping to, um, if you're at that 30-35% uh, versus USC, I mean, it would have been a game. Um, put that behind us. Also, take care of the ball. I, I, I think the second half was a lot better when it comes to taking care of the ball, avoiding turnovers, uh, don't give up easy buckets. All just the basic basketball stuff is what I'm going to be looking for. And, and the same will go for Monday uh, versus South Dakota. That's going to be, folks, I'm telling you this right now, I think that's going to be a dogfight. I think if you're going to be tuning in on Monday thinking, all right, we're going to you know, beat South Dakota by 20, nice and easy, be able to flip back and forth between the Monday night football game, um, you're going to be disappointed. I think that's going to be a dogfight. I think that's going to be much closer than any of us want because South Dakota is a capable capable team. South Dakota State, excuse me, the Jackrabbits. They're a capable team. And this will be the first time that they're kind of playing on that short rest turnaround. Um, South Dakota State did lose their first game uh, to Akron. So, honestly, I might be hyping up South Dakota State a little bit much. I, I might be hyping up South Dakota State a little bit much. Um, but again, they are a much better team than the typical bye game uh, that you that you saw last year and then under the final few years under Bruce Weber as well. Um, so hopefully it's not a dogfight. Hopefully it's a nice, easy 15-point win. And here I was just fear-mongering you guys all just a little bit. Um, but it will be that first turnaround a ton in Big 12 season, so this is gonna this is going to simulate the Saturday to Tuesday turnaround, uh, where you're gonna have one game and then two uh, games in between. Um, so a nice little uh, practice of how to turn around and play an opponent. Uh, so it, it will be interesting again getting those games in short succession, seeing the growth game to game, and I think that's the most important thing: seeing growth from every single one of these guys, game in, game out. Um, and, and also, really, are, are we, is Taj Manning, is Dorian, like, are, are we going to see these guys really be part of the rotation um, all season? Uh, another thing to really keep an eye on. Uh, you're going to need everyone. Uh, if anyone had any, I you know, thoughts about redshirting any of the true freshmen, um, that went out the door when Quez Glover got hurt. That went out the door when Tomlin um, got into his situation um, because you're down to what? 11 scholarship players and both walk-ons are hurt as well. Uh, so, so it is a, it, it, it it's going to take a good coaching job by Jerome Tang. It's going to take a lot of growth by these guys, uh, to navigate this non-conference schedule. Um, 
So that's how I see it. Again, this n- none of this is earth-breaking. None of this is breaking news. Uh, a lot of it, I'm sure, is kind of what you guys were thinking. Um, no one was happy with that game versus uh, USC, but it's not like uh, the, there was anything glaring that I'm throwing out any hopes of going to the NCAA tournament. No. That was a very good USC team. It was a very tough way to start the season. And again, the shots were there. Uh, you know, guys were able to get to the rim. Um, there were uncontested two-point jumpers. And again, things just were not falling for us last night. Combine that with the quality of opponent, it was always going to be a tough night. Now, can we be that quality opponent? Can we be that dominant team in the next two? Um, we'll see. And, and then that's going to set you up for what is going to be uh, a massive couple games out in the uh, out in the you know Atlantic Ocean at Baja Mar, playing Providence, maybe playing Miami after that, uh, folks. That, that's going to be absolutely massive uh, next week in the backhand of that. I think it's Thursday, Friday. No, it is uh, it is Friday, Saturday. Um, so again, it, it's going to be back to back nights out of Baja Mar. Uh, Providence, and then uh, Miami or Georgia. Um, so that's going to be big. I, I will come to you guys on Thursday um, to talk about uh, w- what I saw uh, in these two games, talk about Providence and uh, Miami and w- what we're hoping to see down there. And here's the thing. Those are quality opponents. It, it is tougher uh, than what we played against last year in, in the MTE, in the Thanksgiving, or in the November tournament. You get two two wins down there. Um, those are going to be quad one wins or quad two wins. Those are going to be quality wins. Um, so can we see the growth over the next two weeks and really set ourselves up or two two games and set ourselves up to have a shot at winning it down there? So that's going to be another thing to really focus on. So we'll see. I'm excited for it. Look, none of my excitement has been dulled uh, by that game versus USC. Again, they showed fight. They played some decent defense, grabbed offensive rebounds. A lot of the positives can be taken away from that game. A lot of positives can be taken away from that game. So um, we'll see what happens uh, on Friday. Again, I hope it's easy breezy. I hope Monday, I hope it was fear-mongering. I hope I was on here trying to, you know, make everyone scared of a team that we're going to kick, you know, a 30-piece nugget on them. Um, so we'll see. Um ESPN Plus for both of them. I'm going to be in the arena on Friday. If you see me, come say hi. Shout out to everyone who I saw out in Vegas coming up and saying hi. I always love chatting with you guys. I know I was not in a good mood after the game, uh, but it's always fun to see all the boneheads out in the wild. So uh, thanks for riding with us on this Thursday. Um, might be trying to get a couple uh, extra voices for next, uh, next week's basketball-only show. Uh, but until then... Uh, in Tang we trust. I, I'm all in on this team. I think this is going to be an NCAA tournament team. Zero need to panic at all uh, after that one game. Uh, so for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, my name is Scott McFarland. We love you guys, and go Cats.
Marumba Fight, UK State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 UK State Wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 glory in the combat for the Network.